Hopelessly stuck in a grocery line. Toilet paper sold out on Amazon Prime. Here among the masses, the crowds build up. Hoarding and storing tissue for their butt. They canceled the classes, the concerts, parades. Called off the big dance, the NBA. Careful and cautious with so much concern. And you're all at Costco spreading your germs. The stock will replenish when the shipment comes in. But the preppers come back and they'll do it again. The shelves are all empty. There's no more Purell. Two Karens are fighting for the last Cottonelle. The market goes down and the market comes up. But everyone is too concerned with their butt. The hoarding and storing is testing my nerves. The way to beat the virus is to flatten the curve. So I'm keeping my distance. Everybody take heed. I'll be alone. Nowhere near a cough or sneeze. Because I'm reading and gaming and staying indoors. I'm waiting and hoping that this will run its course. I'm eating and pacing and not watching sports. I'm waiting and hoping that this will run its course. Dr. Ian Smith, how are you, buddy? I'm good, man. I am almost sheltering in place. <laughs> <laughs> Thank goodness I am okay, no symptoms, and I'm fine, but you know, you never know, you know who you're going to interact with, and then you don't want to become infected and pass it to someone else. So I'm trying to be like I'm telling everyone else. All of us, have, we have to do our part to not be transmitters and try to shut this thing down as fast as possible. So with that said, uh, seeing the videos coming out of spring break, Clearwater, Florida, that's got to be driving you nuts as a doctor. It's outrageous. And forget about being, forget about me me as a doctor, as a fellow American. Yeah. um, Seeing other people who are not taking this seriously. Yeah. Who are thinking that they're young. It's okay. They're on a beach. It's not a problem. That's just wrong. And, you know, I think everyone from all sides of the spectrum are saying that this is about us coming together. This is like a 9-11 moment where we as a country have to be on the same page for the betterment of everyone. And no one's agenda should come ahead of everyone else's agenda. And I just think it's very selfish and it's imprudent and dangerous. Of course. I said it a couple episodes ago that Florida is going to get us all killed and, and what I learned about the spring breakers, 
uh, you know, the state could shut that down, but they decided to leave it up to all the local uh, governments to decide if they want to keep their beaches open or not. And obviously they're all deciding to keep them open because of uh, the money that it's bringing in. Well, you touch on a, a major point about this whole thing. The whole problem or one of the major problems is that there is not a unified voice with a unified set of mandates and guidelines so that we are all operating on the same page. Right. They're letting too many local governments and too many local organizations decide what they want to do. Now, there are some decisions, I agree, that should be local, but there's some major decisions that should be mandated. Public places where people could potentially gather of more than a certain number of people, 10 or more people, they shouldn't be open, period. I mean, it's just, it's that simple. You know, other countries have done it. Why can't we do it? Why can't we do it? Because I think that people here are very selfish and because we have rights and, you know, you can't tell me what to do. Listen, there's a time and place for that attitude. Now is not the time or the place to have that kind of attitude. Now is like, okay, what is the best information that's out there available to us from the scientists? What do the scientists recommend? Let's do it. It's that simple. Of course. And with all the spring breakers down in Florida, they're all going to go back to their parts of the country and they're going to bring the coronavirus with them. I mean, you got to think that there's people walking around on those beaches that have it and they have no idea they have it because, you know, they have mild symptoms or no symptoms at all. That is exactly what I'm talking about. Yeah. It's not just putting yourself in jeopardy. Those people who are there on vacation, they then go back to their communities and they become transmitters. It's like that that um, pastor, that church down in Florida. Yeah. You know, the guy's sitting there saying, telling his, not only is he holding service with hundreds of people, then he's telling them to hug each other, that don't <laughs> worry about it, we're not going to shut down until the rapture. This is insane. Oh, it's God. insane. They need to padlock those doors. It's outrageous because it's not about you. Yeah. It's about what you could do to someone else. And then when you infect someone else who then infects an 80-year-old person who dies, then what? I mean, it's just, it's, like I said, yeah, it does infuriate me, not just as a medical professional, it infuriates me as an American because this is a time for people to be together and not to be selfish. Well, you got two camps, you know, you got uh, the ones that really are taking this very seriously, and then you got the other side, mostly younger uh, people in America, they're like, you're not going to take my freedom away, man. <laughs> Yeah, and I mean, my, it's just got to, And then they're saying stuff like, and my, you know, World War II grandfather agrees, <laughs> man, because he fought for our freedom. And if he dies so I could be free, that's what America's all about. And I'm like, wow. Wow, are you misguided? Yeah, right. First of all, thanks for the history lesson. Yeah. I didn't know that. I didn't know that. But yeah. uh, now let's fast forward to 2020. We have a pandemic. Yeah. Uh, World War II was not a pandemic, by the way. But, um, but yeah, it's just it's, it's 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 really messed up. And then you look at the testing, like you know, what, now what infuriates me as a medical professional is that we don't have enough tests. I mean, honestly and truly, we need hundreds of millions of tests. In the ideal world, and I say this on my uh, on my Instagram um, post today. Um, and by the way, follow me on Instagram at Doctor Ian Smith. Spell the doctor out: I A N Smith. I'm trying to get people like real life, you know, valid information about this stuff. But you know, when it comes to testing. Ideally, we would want to test almost everyone in America just to see, <clears throat> excuse me, where we are. Like, that would be the ideal world. Obviously, it's not practical. Yeah. But you'd like to test everyone and say, we have X number of cases in the country currently. Yeah. Now we get active. Now we tell people to self-quarantine. Yes. Now we admit certain people who have underlying medical conditions. Then you can have a real serious game plan. Okay, so we can't do that. 
That being said, now we're saying to people, okay, now we have more tests available. Before, only the CDC was doing the test. The hospitals would have to take specimens. They'd have to ship it to the CDC. CDC would give an answer. Totally inefficient. Now we're saying that local places throughout the country can do it. That's great. Guess what? They don't have test kits. They don't have test kits. So, you know, the ideal world would be this. We would have, I just went down to, I'm in Chicago. I went down to Northwestern, and I went to see. They have an outpost outside testing. You drive up in your car. They take the swab. You go home. It's wonderful. That is what we should be doing. These mobile testing units can be extremely helpful for us where people can drive up, not get out of the car, because what you don't want is for people to go into hospital ERs or go into doctor's offices who are sick, and they're getting other people who are not sick with the corona. They're going to make them sick. Of course. you know, we got to ramp this thing up. We have this is now you talk about wartime. We should be under wartime production, which means that the federal government and they have a, a, an ability to do this. The federal government basically mandates to private industry and says, "This is what you're going to do for that. You're going to be open 24/7, 365 until further notice, and you're going to manufacture these products that we need desperately at the front lines and to help people who are sick." We have to do that. Yeah, of course. I, I was, uh, I, you know, I, I'm watching so much TV, but someone basically said on TV, and he, and he was an expert. He was a doctor and a scientist and not some dumb uh, talking head that uh, has a political angle. And he basically said, we all should be walking around now like we have it because we don't have the testing. So you should just assume you have it so you do the right thing and whether, you know, stay home a lot more or make sure you're truly uh, uh, social distancing when you're out in public and just assume you have it and take all precautions possible until we could get more people tested. I, and I thought, I, that, I thought that was great advice. Yeah, I love that. I love that. And, you know, it's interesting because, you know, I think about you look at the big cities like New York, Chicago, L.A., you look at people who live in apartment buildings. You, you, now, that, now that we're having this pandemic, you see the world a little differently. Yeah. Now you think about all the places that are breeding grounds for transmission, oh, right? Yeah. And how dangerous it can be. And once again, I want to emphasize, I'm not trying to get people to panic. There's, there's no reason to panic. But I want people to realize that you have to think about how easy. This is a very contagious bug, very contagious. And so you talk about people in elevators, in small restaurants, oh any closed and fine spaces, yeah. Uber, Uber rides, I mean, you know, with strangers. It's different if you know the person, you know where they've been, you know what the situation is. But if, if you're sitting in a car for a certain period of time with a stranger, you don't know where that stranger has been or where others who have been who've been inside of that car and we're now we now know that the virus can survive probably up to three days on certain surfaces everyone has to pretend or act like they have it and then of course you know behave in a hygienic way to to prevent transmission or even you know um getting themselves sick yeah you just uh, gave me so much anxiety you know you know i live in new york city and uh as soon as it hit New Rochelle and I, I, I heard that that lawyer was wandering around and went to his office and he was here and there. And then New Rochelle became a hotbed of, uh, you know, activity as far as the coronavirus goes. I, I said to my family, we got to get the hell out of here immediately. I, I said it uh, about two weeks ago. I said New York and New York City specifically are going to be a disaster area and they're going to 
by far have the most cases in the entire country. So, you know, we got out of there and I feel bad for people that don't have, you know, options to to leave a, a crowded city or to leave their roommates or to leave a, a crowded building. Uh, you know, they don't have a choice. And, 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 you know, I worry about those people. Well, yeah. And so do I, by the way. And that's what I was saying. Like when you look at the architecture of where people live and how we live, yeah. there are certain spots that unfortunately make you extremely susceptible and vulnerable. Big cities are one of them because of, of how the, 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 um, the housing is. But then you get this guy, okay, who got tested for the virus. He yeah. knew he was being tested. He had the symptoms. Yeah. Then he boards a JetBlue flight yeah. from JFK to Florida. Yeah. He boards that flight. He lands and then finds out probably via text that he's positive, and then he tells those guys, the airline, oh, yeah, by the way, I tested positive. Yeah. Are you freaking kidding me? Like, this is what I mean. This is exactly what I mean. These are reckless, selfish behaviors. He put at jeopardy everyone in the airport, everyone on the plane. It's outrageous. You're talking hundreds of people he put at jeopardy. It's ridiculous. Well, you're 100% true, but you'll drive yourself nuts. You know, you know, most of uh, most of our country is, you know, people are run by their own ego and their own greed and their own selfishness and this me, me, me attitude. It's all about me, you know? Yeah. Because yeah. to him, he's like, that flight to Florida was important. You know, fuck you if I uh, tested positive for the coronavirus. Yeah, exactly. Now JetBlue, of course, said you're banned for life, which is the appropriate response. And, you know, and, and by the way, yeah. I'll go so far as to say that some of this is almost criminal behavior. Of course. When you know that, that we know how deadly this virus can be for not everyone, but for some people, particularly the elderly and those who have underlying conditions. Yeah. When you know something is deadly and you're careless about it, it's criminal behavior because you are putting other people at risk unfairly. But here's the other thing is, and like you said about the me business, it's like, guys, no one loves their freedoms more than I do. I like my freedoms as much as everybody else. I love being an American. I love the whole patriotism thing. This is not a time for it to be about me. And, you know, the guy talks about what happened in World War II. Well, part of the thing is under world war and war situations, certain powers are absorbed and exhibited by the government. And one of those powers has to be we got to tell people stuff. I mean, look at Vegas. I mean, Vegas tried to stay open as long as it could, okay? Are you crazy? These yeah. casinos are a breeding ground, you know, you know for, for this transmission. Now, think about it. All those extra days that it's now closed by the governor, thankfully. not The, the mayor wouldn't do it, by the way, but the governor did. Yeah. But think about it. All those days that people stayed there. Oh, my God. Potentially getting infected. Yeah. Then they left. And then they went back to the small town in Alabama and Mississippi and California and Connecticut. And now they could transmit. It's just... Oh, you, you want it just to, drives me crazy. Uh, speaking of Vegas, and I swear this is true as far as yesterday goes, and obviously this whole thing is changing so quickly, but the brothels in Vegas were allowed to stay open as long as they were using face masks and lots of hand sanitizer. <laughs> I swear to you. You can't make this stuff up. And they were and they were checking for fevers at the door. So if you have a fever, you're not allowed in the brothel. And if you do make it in, you know, as long as uh, the the ladies are are wearing face masks and and using lots of hand sanitizer, you're good to go. Who the hell would want to have sex under those conditions? Hey, I just heard that they actually have they actually put on these drive-throughs yeah. where they have like drive-through peep shows. Oh, well, that's brilliant if you think about it.
I mean, but it's like, guys, yeah. can't people chill for a couple of weeks? Like, <laughs> no, we can't. No, is we it can't. that bad? Like, you know, is it that bad? Like, you got to, you know, pull the lever in that slot machine. Yeah. You got to look at a naked body. Like, yeah. like, can everyone take a couple of weeks and just be home? Maybe read, to, read a good book. Watch some Netflix or Amazon Prime. There's so many things that you can do. And people are like, no, don't take away my strippers. I need oh my strippers. Oh, my God. It's hilarious. I mean, I, I said this a couple episodes, too. The challenge here is that we're all living with our true selves. I don't know how spiritual you are, but, you know, uh, in the end, when you strip down who you are, you know, you're a doctor, you're on TV, I, I'm a radio guy, I do a podcast. You know, you strip all that down, you're, you're, you're left with just yourself. And I think uh, a lot of people don't like that. Yeah, well, I think that, you know, when you're alone and when you don't have a lot of distraction, and obviously it's almost like an imposed time of reflection that people don't typically do. Yeah. Now, I look at, I'm a spiritual person, so I look at it as a positive thing. Like, you know, what can I work on? What can I do better? Yeah. I myself have been very productive working out in the basement, yep. writing my new book for 2021. Nice. So I'm taking this opportunity to really be productive. And I think that other people, you know, people complain all the time. Oh, my goodness. I'm so busy. I don't have time to think. If only I had time. Now we have the time. All this stuff that you wanted to do and the relaxation you want at home, now we have the time, and now people don't want to take advantage of it. I, you can't win for losing. Yeah. I, I looked at my kids the other day. I go, you have blonde hair? <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. And you got, your eyes are just like mine. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love it. <laughs> no, I'm spending quality time with my kids, my wife. I'm uh, getting in touch with, um, you know, my body. I, I'm doing a lot more yoga and taking walks and uh, jumping into books. Um, mm -hmm. But I, I forgot to mention earlier, there's a couple things. I This thing became very real to me uh, yesterday. We were running low on supplies. And, you know, this whole thing is changing very, very quickly. So the supermarket I go to a mere three or four days ago, People were walking around the aisles and they were letting a lot of people in and no one, you know, people were taking precautions and they were doing the social distancing, but you could tell they weren't too worried. Yesterday, a mere two or three days later, everybody in the supermarket, except for myself, unfortunately, had uh, masks on and gloves and they didn't want to pass you in the aisles. And if they had to, they would bend to the, they would turn their whole face to the right and then bend down toward the floor until they got past you. It was amazing. And you could hear a pin drop. No one was talking. You could see the anxiety and the fear on everyone's faces yesterday. And uh, that's when it all changed for me. I came home and I told my wife, I'm like, we're not leaving this house without a mask or gloves for now on. And I know you're, yeah. I know you're going to probably say that the mask doesn't do uh, what people think it, it, it could do. Right? No, I disagree. I disagree. Oh, good. I, I, oh, good. Yeah, no, I believe that, number one, I think that, yeah, people are taking it seriously. And this is the kind of behavior, once again, this is a responsible behavior that's going to help us flatten that curve as far as the peak uh, of cases. So that's going to help us. But no, I, listen, the ideal mask is the N95 mask, okay? Those are masks they use on construction sites. Okay. So those can prevent mostly uh, from you getting the virus particles uh, into your respiratory system. The other masks are typically called surgical masks. And the reason why they tend not to be as effective, obviously, is because the sides are open. So it's not a full seal like you can get a better seal with the N95. That being said, my argument always is anything is better than nothing. Anything is better than nothing. Yeah. Because remember, it's all about how many viral particles 
enter your system and whether or not a critical amount of those particles, a critical number has entered that can overwhelm your immune system and set up an infection in the back of your throat. So I just want to tell people, listen, I don't care what anyone says, if you can get a mask, get a mask. And it may not be the perfect mask, it may not be the best mask, but get it anyway. Now, if you have a mask that's not the N95, you still need to exhibit cautions. Don't think, well, just because I got a mask on, I can kind of go anywhere, and if people are coughing, it doesn't matter. No, still be safe, but I do believe you should do that. I also want to say real fast about the testing, that the testing is like 10 or 15 seconds. They take a swab up your nose, they take a swab in the back of your throat, they put it in a vial, and you go away. If you have symptoms, they're telling people to first call the doctor. So call your doctor first. Don't just show up in the ER, by the way. Yeah. Call your doctor first. Your doctor then will say, look, listen to you about your symptoms, and then decide if you need testing. If you need testing, they will direct you. Now, remember something. There's no treatment for this. So even if you go to a hospital and get tested, they're not going to give you medication. I mean, there's nothing, you know, the purpose of going to the hospital is just to get the testing. You're still going to have to go home and self-quarantine and make sure that you don't try to infect others. But I just want people to understand that the te- testing is not a, a panacea. It's not an end-all, be-all. The testing just lets people know whether or not you are a potential transmitter. And if you have underlying conditions or if you're elderly, then the testing will let us know we need to watch and follow up with you because if you do test positive, you may be at risk for having serious complications. Right. And with that said, which is driving me nuts about the mainstream media, you know, they're all about stats and numbers and they love that number going up and up and up and up because it's making us uh, us all watch TV more and more yep. and more. Now, uh, my question to you, uh, Dr. Ian Smith, is, uh, you know, there's obviously a lot of people that are recovering from this, but for some reason, they're not really showing those numbers on TV. I saw yesterday they kind of started a little bit, but it's kind of uh, an afterthought. So, uh, I mean, there's there's some you know, there's some uh, hope here, you know, on the horizon, obviously, that there are a, a lot of cases in America right now. But uh, that total number they're showing on TV, there's a whole bunch of those people that are on the other side of this and have recovered. Right. Oh, my goodness. You are, you are so right about this. And this is where I think the media falls short. Listen, it's OK to talk about the seriousness of the illness and you demonstrate that by the number of cases, the number of deaths. But you got also got to tell the other side of the story, and you got to do it responsibly. I think the reason they don't do it so often, they don't want to mislead people, make people think that they're going to be fine. But you have to tell people, listen, yeah. over 90% of people who get infected, over 90% of all people who get infected, they're going to come through this okay. They're going to be fine. They're going to get through it. They're, going to, they're not going to die from it. Now, what we are learning, however, is that some people may have long-term consequences. There's a, a doctor out of Belgium who says he's been um, scanning uh, lungs of people, young people actually, who've had it, and their lungs are damaged. So there could be long-term damage, scarring of the lungs. That's all to be seen, but there's a strong potential that. But still, yeah, people are going to come through this. And I think that sending that positive message is important for people so people don't panic, so they don't go to grocery stores. And, you know, I went to the grocery store yesterday, by the way. Yeah. No bread. Uh, no I, bread. I know. <laughs> I know. It's, like holy cow it's like we're invaded like people think we're under an invasion or something but i'm but sure anyway, i'm sure you have a book about uh you know no bread so we're good <laughs> right. which dr ian smith uh, book do i need if i can't find bread <laughs> clean and lean yeah but but anyway yeah your, your point's valid i think that we got to also as, as when we talk about the bad stuff we got to talk about the good stuff too and i think that we need more balance and, and my instagram page I try to talk about kind of the realities of it. And today, actually, I'm going to post and talk about how mostly we're going to get through this fine. 
um, but, you know, still be cautious. But, you know, this is not doomsday. Like, people want to, you know, people want to believe. I don't know. I just think people like the idea that, oh, my goodness, like, this is the worst thing ever, and all this stuff is going crazy. Some people actually thrive on that. You know, you're not wrong. George Carlin, who's one of the most uh, brilliant minds in comedy uh, ever, he, he used to talk about that, where there is a place inside all of us when we see a natural uh, disaster, we really wanted to see it out of control. Whether it's wildfires <laughs> in California, I think he used to talk about how you, you're hoping those crazy wildfires will sweep all the way across America. And, and, and when there's disease like this, you really want to see the numbers go up. It's, it's in all of us deep down, unfortunately. So you're not yeah. wrong. Uh, my my um, shopping experience yesterday, Today, by the way, I'm finding all sorts of uh, 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 food products that aren't name brands, by the way, and I'm realizing they're just as delicious as the name brands that we spend so much more money on. And then I went to my fruit lady yesterday. This lady is awesome. She's local and she's on the older side and stuff. And she she pulled me aside. She goes, look, man, you know, there's a lot of people coming in here and just hoarding everything. We can't keep anything out because they're just gluttony uh, gluttony is rampant and they're they're hoarding uh, like way more food than they need so here's my number just call me and i'll set aside your bread your milk uh your eggs and whatever else you need i'm like that's really nice you know and i'm like uh, are you making extra money because of this she goes yeah we're making uh extra money but it's not about that i just hate people because <laughs> they show their ugly side during things like this and then she goes you know there was a lady in here yesterday she took 10 celery stalks and I looked at her and I said, you're giving me two of those celery stalks back for my customers. Basically saying you're not one of my, you know, regulars, you're not one of my customers. So you can't take all my celery. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Yeah. It's crazy times, man, but you know what, you yeah. know, hopefully in several weeks we'll look back at this and, you know, we'll realize kind of lessons learned. We'll have a couple of laughs in life, even, in tough times, you got to laugh a little bit, sure. but, uh, you know, but everyone's got, you're doing the right thing, man. And, and thanks for, you know, sending out the message to people that, you know, you know, be calm, yeah. stay cool, be smart. And everyone's got to work together. And, and, you know, and you could just gotta, you can't be too cautious. You gotta be cautious about everything. And then we'll get through this. What, what's your gut saying? How long is this going to last? Are there, is it going to be a year like they're saying, or will we open up society a little bit? Cause we'll learn how to keep people safe. What, what, what? Well, I'm on the optimistic side. My wife disagrees with me. She thinks I'm over that. I, I think that in three weeks that if everyone does what they're doing now yeah. and, and, and we get young people to get off beaches and get out of stuff. But oh, I think that if everyone does this for the next 10 to 14 days, yeah. I think that a week after that, I think we can start opening up because I think we'll have a handle on how bad the situation really is. And if we get enough people tested by then right. to really get numbers, the problem is we don't have real numbers. Yeah. So once we get real numbers, enough people tested, enough people kind of self-quarantining, I think in three weeks that people are going to come out. I really believe that. I mean, I know I'm optimistic. I, you know, I, you know, I'm not the, the God on this. So this is just my opinion about how I look at things, I will admit that I'm flavored by optimism. But I think in three weeks, we I'm not saying we're going to be totally fine. There's still going to be cases after three weeks. Don't get me wrong. There are going to be more cases. But I think that when we talk about the death rate and we talk about the, the incidence of new cases, I think they'll be on the decline in three weeks. With all that said, the follow-up is, so let's say you get the coronavirus and you recover. What are the odds that you get it again? Because I think a lot of experts aren't really sure 
uh, about that. What 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 are you seeing? What do you what do you think is the case? Well, from what I'm hearing and what I'm reading, um, the 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 simple answer is we don't know yet. But the in, the a little more informed answer, a little speculative answer is that there's a belief that this could operate like the flu, which means that you know you could still get it again. Like your body doesn't build immunity where you can't get it. Um, you know, there's certain diseases where once you have it, like chickenpox, it's really hard to get it again because your body builds up a really nice immune response and has immune memory. So when you see it again, your body can tackle it and get rid of it. In this case, I think that this is going to be something that we may have to deal with in the future, but it's a potential that within a year we have a vaccine, number one, and number two, we may have an antiviral medication that can fight this. So there, there are two potential things on the horizon that can stop this, even though it may come again, it may never go away. There are two things that can stop it from reaching the peak that we're seeing now, reaching you know how, how hot it is and volatile. I think that we can control that. Yeah, we'll have a handle on it, obviously. Absolutely. Uh, I, I got to give you one more uh, uh, funny thing about this because, you know, I'm taking this very seriously. I'm trying to get info out there, but I'm also trying to, you know, get some, uh, get some of the humor out, you know, because I think that's I think comedy is very important when we're when you're going through something like this because it takes the piss out of things, you know, Um did he hear? I don't know exactly where it is, but uh, there's a new service called Boober. What is that? <laughs> I wanted the long pause. Well, you know, it, it's it's combine it's combining Uber and food delivery. So it's oh, okay. It's it's a strip club. They've decided. <laughs> look, they got to close their doors to the stripping, but why not feed the community? So <laughs> so basically, and it's for the older people. So basically, you get your food order, and it comes to your door with one of these strippers, and they're topless. I swear to God, this is going. Are you on. serious? Yes, yes, I'm totally serious. So strippers delivering food, topless, <laughs> <laughs> and they're calling it boober. <laughs> You're not serious. Come on, oh. I'm serious, man, because like we said earlier, we're so bored, all of us, that we're losing our minds. So, you know, these thoughts that you're having, you think they're really good ideas and you're not, you know, you're not putting it through a filter because we're, we're all stir crazy. Oh, my goodness. That's, the, well, that, that's, that's one of the funniest things I've heard so far. I guess. Oh, yeah. Well, I'm, I'm trying to collect the, all that stuff as, as I do, uh, you know, this podcast on a much more regular basis. And I just want to make one last point uh, about the war thing that I said earlier, because, you know, it's the two generations, the younger generation, like, oh, I'm just going to live my life. We're going to go down at spring break and do cake stands and, you know, make out with as many girls as I can and have sex on the beach. You know, they don't they're not scared of the coronavirus and they just want their freedom and stuff. The fact is, when, you know, Trump said it the other day, we're basically at war. Right. So back in during World War One and World War Two, uh, the, the young men and women realized that this country and the world was in a lot of trouble and they signed up in droves you know, to protect our freedoms and protect our country and to make the world a better place. And we're sort of in that same situation right now, but all we need is the young people. They don't have to sign up for war and go fight overseas. All they have to do is stay home. Can't you just do that? Just stay home and watch Netflix. And stay on your cell phones. You're on your cell phones all the time anyway. Now you can stay home and, you know, Type until your fingers fall off. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. We'll see what happens. I think, I think, listen, I'm optimistic. I think that they're going to 
start taking this seriously. And I think they're going. I think they're going to start behaving responsibly and you know, like yeah. good good citizens. All right. All right. Listen, Doctor Ian Smith. I want to do more of these. Okay. Because you're yeah, right. no doubt about it. Once again, my Instagram is at Doctor Ian Smith. Spell the doctor out. I A N Smith. And uh, yeah, let's do it again. Okay. And I, I got to let me be the one to say this. Your Instagram for this is really, really good. So I, I highly recommend you you do that. Follow Dr. Ian Smith. Spell out the doctor on uh, Instagram, especially. All right, brother. Be safe, my friend. Yeah, Take care. My buddy, Dr. Ian Smith. Talk soon. All right. Bye. And now the very funny Tim Dillon. Follow him on Twitter. Tim J. Dillon. D-I-L-L-O-N. Hey, what's up? No offense, but I've decided to just fuck it and take a cruise because I'm not going to ruin my life. And I'm not, I've had the money saved for this fucking cruise to Cozumel for a long fucking time. And if you think I'm not going to go and have a fucking amazing time and live my dreams, then fuck you. No offense. If I get Corona, I get Corona. It's not going to ruin my fucking life. And if you get Corona, you get fucking Corona. Everybody's got to fucking stop this shit. You're all fucking panicking. I'm taking a fucking cruise to Cozumel. I don't give a fuck anymore. I'm going on a... Boo, 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 boo.